sucked. And I kind of liked no, it. No, don't. Oh, God. Nobody asked for that. That movie sucked. And I kind of liked it. Movie Night Crew Network. One, two, three. Pinching his nose, Harry drank the potion down in two large gulps. It tasted like overcooked cabbage. Immediately, his insides started writhing as though he'd just swallowed live snakes. Doubled up, he wondered whether he was going to be sick. Then a burning sensation spread rapidly from his stomach to the very ends of his fingers and toes. Next, bringing him gasping to all fours, came a horrible melting feeling, as the skin all over his body bubbled like hot wax, and before his eyes, his hands began to grow. The fingers thickened, the nails broadened, and the knuckles were bulging like bolts. His shoulders stretched painfully, and a prickling on his forehead told him that hair was creeping down towards his eyebrows. His robes ripped as his chest expanded like a barrel, bursting its hoops. His feet were agony and shoes four sizes too small. As suddenly as it had started, everything stopped. Harry lay face down on the cold stone floor, listening to Myrtle gurgling morosely in the end toilet. With difficulty, he kicked off his shoes and stood up. So this was what it felt like being Goyle. What's up, potheads? Welcome to the restricted section, in which a bunch of nerds with potty mouths reread the Harry Potter series for the umpteenth time and discuss how the story and its themes have stayed with a generation into adulthood. Thank you for listening. If you haven't done the reading, don't worry, we did it for you. Here's what we are talking about today. Chapter 12, The Polyjuice Potion. It's a Christmas chapter, y'all. We start the chapter where the last chapter left off with Harry in Dumbledore's office. First, he sees the sorting hat, and he's like, let me see if this motherfucker was honest when he tried to put me in Slytherin. And so he puts it on, and the sorting hat's like, well, yeah, I mean, like, you still would have done good in Slytherin. And Harry is not okay with this because he's wondering if he's the heir of Slytherin. So he puts the hat away, and then he notices Fox, the phoenix. I don't think he knows what a phoenix is, though, because he's very startled when sickly Fox bursts into flames and dies. (laughs) And he's like, how am I in the wrong place at the wrong time again? And then Dumbledore comes out into his office and is like, don't even worry about it. Fox is a phoenix. He's going to save you later in this book. And then really all that happens in Dumbledore's office is Dumbledore is like, Harry, is there anything you need to tell me? And Harry's like, nah. So then it's Christmas and Hermione wakes them up by throwing presents at them and telling them that the polyjuice potion is ready and they should probably do the plan tonight christmas night so they go to christmas dinner and afterwards they initiate their plan they knock out crab and goyle put them in a broom cupboard and take some of their hairs for the polyjuice potion hermione already has some hair off of millicent bulstrode from when they wrestled in the last chapter during the dueling club They go into the bathroom and they drink their potions and it's agonizing. I just read a part of it to you. If you'll remember when they originally were looking at the recipe in the most potent potions book, there were a lot of really grotesque looking illustrations and it seems like Harry really actually experienced exactly what those illustrations were depicting. So Ron and Harry turn into Crab and Goyle, but Hermione won't come out of the bathroom stall and she's like, gone without me. Everything's fine. Don't even worry about me. So... 
Ron and Harry, as Crabbe and Goyle, they go find the Slytherin common room. When they're in the dungeons, they see Percy sneaking about. What's he doing? We don't know. They meet up with Malfoy, and in the Slytherin common room, they are like, don't you know who the heir of Slytherin is? Malfoy's like, no. We learned that the Malfoy Manor got raided, and Malfoy lets it slip that the Ministry of Magic didn't find anything because everything's hidden in the secret chamber under the drawing room floor. Before they're able to get any additional information, Ron and Harry start transforming back into their true selves. So they run back to the bathroom, Cinderella style, and when they get there, they learn that Hermione has accidentally transformed herself into a cat. Welcome to the restricted section. I'm your cat, Christina. No, it like it always sounds better in my head. Meow. I should have just started with a meow. Anyway, this is the restricted section. We're talking today about the polyjuice potion. Meow. Haley, how are you doing today? I'm great. Wait, sorry, sorry. Meow. <laughs> Thank you for giving me the proper greeting. You're very welcome. Oh, so just great. That's all we got. Yeah, that's all you got. Okay, cool. Yeah. And Andrew, how you doing? I was doing a lot better before I was expected to meow. Well, too bad. Give yeah. us your best shot. Do it. Meow. Oh, that was solid. That was a sad cat. <laughs> <laughs> and our very special guest today is Courtney Berry, friend of the podcast. Courtney, so glad to have you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So why don't you tell us a little bit about your Harry Potter history? How did you get started? What's the adventure been like for you? So my grandmother was a maid for a very uh, Dursley-ish family Mm. back uh, when the Harry Potter books came out. So Dudley, in this case, who I don't even remember the boy's name, but he hated books. So I would get all the scrapbooks. (laughs) So that's how I got my first Harry Potter book. And then every year after that, my mom would go and wait in line for me until I was old enough to do it myself. And I'd wake up and I'd have my Harry Potter on bed beside me. But when I was older, obviously, I did all the, like, you know, you wait in line and... The midnight releases. All that jazz. Yeah, you walk around Borders until they let you take your damn book home. Oh, Borders, (laughs) R.I.P. Yeah. So what Hogwarts house are you? I am a... A proud Slytherin. Oh, yeah? How how so? Well, how am I proud? (laughs) No, no, no. (laughs) You're allowed to just be proud. No, justify yourself. (laughs) What traits about yourself make you feel like a Slytherin? I am definitely an ambitious person. I have a little bit of a... um, I won't say a dark streak because that sounds kind of edgelordy, but... I have um, an abrasive streak, I think. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, I'm self-interested, but I'm also very loyal to those who fall into my friend category. I'm making myself sound like an asshole. I'm not a blood purist. Not a blood purist. That's the most important trait. But basically, I would be, like, not in Malfoy's gang, but I would be standing on the outskirts. The mudblood stuff, I'd be like, that's too far, guys. (laughs) But Harry... Being afraid of Dementors is kind of funny. I don't know. <laughs> That's fair. I've been sorted into Ravenclaw a couple times, but I feel like... Why is there such a honest with myself? Mm, no, there's a lot of middle ground between Ravenclaws and Slytherins. Like, there's a lot of trade-off there. 
Here's the thing is like you I've seen Ravenclaw Hufflepuff cusps. Like I get that kind of a character, and I've seen a lot of Ravenclaw Slytherin cusps. Name one Ravenclaw Gryffindor cusp. Hi, my name's Andrew. Um <sighs> Okay. All right. <laughs> Besides Andrew. Also Hermione Granger. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well let's uh did I do all the things? Courtney, what are you drinking? I'm drinking a a bold rock and I'm smoking on a a lovely sativa hybrid oh. of Tropicana mm. cookies. Uh, my mother got me these pewter goblets Ooh. last week. That's very at authentic. an auction, dollar twenty five, and I got like a whole set of them. That's awesome. So yeah, having grown, I made sure they didn't have lead in them because a lot. I of was about to say, does. yeah. So I'm not going to get lead poisoning, most likely. All right, all right. Having having grown up Catholic, that looks very eerily similar to a chalice that like. The priest would have his See, the only part of the only part of Catholicism or even Christianity that ever appealed to me was like the ritual, you know, like I like oh, you the, mean the stuff they stole from the pagans. Yeah, yeah the magic. basically. But like you go in and they got the burning candles and they got the goblets and it's a very, you know, it's a yeah, I the like stuff the, they stole the from aura, the pagans. But, yeah. I, you know. My yeah, favorite part of them. Christianity is the candles and the drinks. Yeah, candles, chalices, blood rituals, mm-hmm. all those little things. Mm-hmm. Man, if you called taking communion a blood ritual, the Christians would get very mad. But it's deep I mean, blood ritual. It is. They literally talk ritual. about bathing in the blood, and I'm saying this. My, I have family who are Baptists, practicing Baptists. I grew up in that church, but like. I considered my <laughs> baptism super traumatic. And after that, I was like, no, never again. <laughs> it was like an anxiety trigger at a young age. I just got dunked underwater by a creepy old man. Oh, yeah. Because in, in baptism, like it's, like, it's like the full. It's the oh, full they got some big dunk. Well, it's yeah, not no. like a dunk and they bring you right out. They dunk and they say some words and then they bring you right out. To get I'll the devil out of you. You get the fighting instinct, but I guess that's <laughs> the, the Holy Spirit. Nightmare. <laughs> Nightmare. Don't know how to. Y'all know how to make holy water, right? Uh-huh. Enlighten us. Punchline. boil the hell out of it. Uh-huh. No. Yes. Veto the air horns. Um, <laughs> speaking of Christianity, our very own Brooke and Mike are getting married in four days. <laughs> <laughs> From when this episode will come out. So I was about to say... <laughs> <laughs> Like, I was saying, what? But inside, I was like, what? (laughs) (laughs) So, if you care to, shoot Brooke a congratulatory message on Instagram or Twitter. She'd love that. Yay. All right, well, let's get on to some deeply uh, unchristian themes of stealing someone's identity via witchcraft. (laughs) Cool. So, as a reminder, the last chapter ended with... (sighs) With Harry fucking Potter stumbling across Justin Finch-Fletchley whom he had spent the whole chapter with people being like, Harry's probably going to kill that kid. So then he finds him prostrate on the ground and is like, I can't leave him. So he gets (laughs) caught. I would consider that to be caught red-handed. I would leave. I would <laughs> yes. leave the scene, and I'd be like, "Oh my god, what happened? That's crazy!" <laughs> Yo, I'm, I'm a Hufflepuff, and I'd leave too. Like, this is not good for yeah. anyone. Mm-hmm. Um, We're Americans, that's why. <laughs> but the Hufflepuffs right now are the bad guys. So, all right, yeah. 
Yeah, so so then Professor McGonagall comes and is like, frankly, you look incredibly red-handed right now. So I'm going to take you to Dumbledore's office, and then and then that's where we are. That's where this chapter, the dueling section, the dueling section. Wow! First of all, that was last week, and second, holy of all, shit, dude! I am tired. I just <laughs> it's hard for me when the one episode comes out and then we record the next episode the same day. It's that's, hard for you every week. Then <laughs> it's hard for me every single week to run this podcast. So that's where we start the Polyjuice Potion, which is this chapter. That's what I said at the head of the chapter, right? I said the right chapter. I'll crop it out. Yes, you did. You did. You did. We started with Harry and McGonagall entering Dumbledore's office. They go up the spiral staircase and then they enter. And McGonagall's like, I'm going to fucking be right back. And because I guess, is Dumbledore sleeping or... I guess he doesn't always have to be in his office. He's roaming the halls. <laughs> like he does, like a He's ghost. cranking one out in his room. No! <laughs> I hate that! I mean, what else? I, name name another possibility. Okay, well, I, it's I like... It's Dumbledore. It, like, he was gone for about five minutes. There. How much do you think these teachers who all live in this fucking building together with a bunch of teachers, how often do you think they walk in on each other jerking off? Because... Truly, I thought you were gonna say how often do they fuck, and I was like, oh, yeah, they that- probably all fuck each other. All right, wait, wait, real quick, which teachers fuck each other? McGonagall doesn't fuck everyone. Yeah, everyone. I can get behind that. Sprout they totally said he's a dueling Hagrid. master. He was a dueling master. So I, don't I feel think- like he's got a. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. I, he, he's got a je ne sais quoi. I mean, yeah. I'd fuck him in the same way that I'd fuck Peter Dinklage, you know what I mean? For like, the experience. Yeah, like, you're smart and you make me laugh and I think this would be fun. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, here's the question. I I don't think that Sprout would fuck Hagrid. I think she likes a prettier boy. Sprout and Hooch I think Sprout him. is a lesbian, but... Sprout yeah, and Sprout and Hooch, that's what I'm saying. I love it. Someone's definitely a lesbian. Sprout is a lesbian. When I asked recently on Twitter what was Madame Hooch doing while that bludger was beating the shit out of Harry in an incredibly targeted way, someone, RIP, don't remember who you are, but this is a great answer, said she was making out under the, under the bleachers with Professor Sprout. So, okay. <laughs> there was definitely at least one other that was saying, like, smoking under the, uh, under the bleachers with Sprout, and, like, Sprout has the best weed, so... Oh, of course. It would have to be Sinestra, right? Like, the astronomy professor, oh, that's Sin- going to be some... Oh. That's going to be someone who her. likes to fucking blaze and just stare at stars. So Sinestra also definitely a lesbian. Every female teacher at Hogwarts is one hundred percent a lesbian. Is this what you know, or is this what you really want to be true, Haley? Yes. No, I agree with a lot of these. I mean, I feel like it would be easier to pick out the straight teachers at Hogwarts. Mm. Just kind of leave the remainder. Personally, They're all some flavor straight. of queer. Hagrid's straight. Ha- Hagrid needs himself a rosy fucking cotton. You know what I mean? Everyone else, I mean. <laughs> is that her last There's name? some fluidity there. Yes. Thank you. Um, Snape, for sure gay. I, I'm re- pretty solidified in my opinion of this now Snape? that it, it was James the whole time and not Lily. Like that, I really believe Man, that. Man, Danny now. really converted you, huh? Yes, it's just so much more exciting. That there one. may be some bisexual homoeroticness to their rivalry but i think i think he at least goes in both directions either like he's in love with james or he's like equally in love with james and lily and he's just like i'm not gonna it's show like when harry boys, potter like, start to wrestle and then they start to fight it's like the opposite of that like, <laughs> they fight and then it devolves into them making out i love it christine i've really got to push back though like his patronus is a fucking doe. It's not a deer. Like, he was all for Lily. 
I want to be really clear about the statement you just made that a doe is a deer, a female deer. Okay. <laughs> Lay a drop of golden fucking sun, whatever. Like it, it Let's be wasn't clear. prongs that he was emitting from his wand in a silvery blast. People can stifle their homosexuality so deeply, truly. Also, uh, stags to be uh, Andrew <laughs> a- Andrew stags do lose their antlers for part of the year. They lose their antlers. They lose the velvet. Under. No, they lose. They lose like yeah. fully like their antlers. Like their antlers will go <laughs> flying off at a certain point. In they the do, year. but you don't call them does when that happens. No, but they're completely indistinguishable. Hey, Siri, do deers lose their antlers sometimes? Yes, they do. I found this on the web for do deers lose their antlers sometimes. <sighs> Check it out. She always talks to me like I'm stupid. She's like, I, sometimes. She's like, they look only- it up yourself, bitch. <laughs> Google <Hey>. is free. <laughs> I was trying to get my bitch to do it for me. No, no, no. I'm joking. I don't permit Sean to talk down to our digital assistants, and I certainly will not do it myself. <laughs> Are you afraid of the robot uprising? No, it's just it, there's something psychological with the fact that they're all women and you can talk to them like shit and they'll still do what you say, okay? I have a thesis about this. Yes, Haley. And also Christina is afraid of the robot uprising. I'm not afraid. Yeah. I welcome I, I welcome it. Okay, well I'm terrified. I didn't mean to blow that up. We need some ration or some rationality, some impartialness injected. <laughs> oh my god, into I've read way too much science. Did you see I robot? <laughs> I don't okay. <laughs> Wow, this is a tangent yeah. even larger than we usually go on. We are still on the first page. <laughs> oh, sorry. We're, we're on the first line. Okay. Um, so, so Harry puts on the sorting hat because he's like, this motherfucker needs to tell me I belong in Gryffindor. But it tells him the exact same thing. Well, first of all, it's like sleeping. It's like being your bonnet pata. I love that line. I mean, like the thing with the sorting hat in this scene is that like I know it was Godric Gryffindor's hat, but the hat's kind of a fucking Slytherin. Interesting. It's like fucking with him here. Like I, I stand by what I said before, fully knowing all of your insecurities in this moment. I know I'm going to set you up to be hopeful about this. You would have done well in Slytherin. Like, I'm going to tell you what you need but for the character development. He would have done well in Slytherin. Harry it's Potter totally. is the most opportunistic person in the entire building, other than maybe Dumbledore. Idiot. He's also just a fucking idiot. I love Harry Potter, but he's kind of he's that guy, you know, where you're like, what's your deal? What's so perfect you, about you? I think Harry belongs in Gryffindor because as we talked about in last week's episode, Gryffindor is the house of the himbos. And I, I yeah. truly think that Harry embodies that just like a real gung ho, but like not, a, not a lot of sense, not a lot of sense in his bonnet. Yeah. I, I think just, the only reason he got pushed into Gryffindor is because like he wanted to be there and that, I don't want to be a bad guy. Like that is what got he, him. Yeah. He was brave enough to ask to be in Gryffindor per one fan. Theory. It's a thought. It's not like, I mean, I feel like that's giving him too much credit. No, maybe I I'm, agree. Maybe I'm I, being a, all that I have to say is if Harry had been put into Slytherin, like Harry is already not comfortable with his own emotions. Can you imagine the emotionally stunted red pilled asshole he would have become in Slytherin? No, it would he would not have saved up. the world. Like, there's no way he would have if, ever been willing to sacrifice himself for anything. 
at all. But could he have pulled a Snape and like infiltrated from the inside? If Harry had been sorted into Slytherin, him and Draco could have just been together. They would have <laughs> ran away and would not have been there for the Battle of Hogwarts. Imagine having this much tension with someone and sharing a room with them. You know? Ooh. Just like, I'm gonna fuck you. They would have <laughs> they would have run away together into the south of France before ever graduating. <laughs> Their right. adventures in Nice. Okay, okay. So so the hat's like, yeah, you would have been great in Slytherin. I stand by what I said. And Harry's like, fuck you, and takes the hat off immediately and puts it back and is like, grumble, grumble, grumble. <laughs> um, and then he turns around and there's an ugly bird there, and he's like, Wow, you look bad, and then it dies. This is uh, can I just read this line really quick? Yes, like because this please. is honestly this made me laugh out loud at the age of twenty-eight. Like Harry was just thinking that all he needed was for Dumbledore's pet bird to die while he was alone in the office with it when the bird burst into flames. <laughs> <laughs> the drama. Like having you like I think everyone has had that moment of like where you're just thinking like wow it sure would be awful if this stupid thing happened and then immediately afterwards with like cosmic comedic timing the thing happens. Yeah. Well, and Haley, I think that uh I think that this proves that phoenixes are by their very nature the pure embodiment of what it is to be magical because there is nothing more dramatic than decide than just randomly bursting into flames and starting anew. That is a rage quit followed by a like a restart from the beginning like none other. You are in no way wrong. Haley, do you remember, just help me, I'm having like a half memory. We've produced so many episodes so far. I'm so overloaded with Harry Potter rhetoric. I, I just remember Mary Peyton saying like, blah, blah, blah. I like, I will set myself on fire. Like the, oh, we, we're talking about the howler. Oh, yeah. We're talking about the howler and about how like it, <laughs> in the movie, it like um, tears itself up. But mm-hmm. like in the books it sets itself on fire because that's yep. how mad it is is it's mm-hmm. like i will set myself on fire okay sorry i just had to like process through that memory um it's dramatic as fuck for sure and then harry's like oh no how am i in the wrong place at the wrong time again okay. i was reading i was reading this to Sean today and he was basically in a complete dead sleep while i was reading to him because that's what happens when i read to him um and he like came out of his nap to be like is this the one where he's always in the wrong place at the wrong time? And I was like, yes. Yes, it is Harry Potter. (laughs) (laughs) This this book specifically, though, he's just so... Yeah, this is twice in one day. Yeah, one day. Okay, so Dumbledore comes in looking somber, which in the UK edition is S-O-M-B-R-E. Sombre. Sombre. I didn't know that one. Um, And then... And then Harry's like, oh my god, I'm so sorry. I, your your bird just died, dude. He looked really shitty. He's probably better now. Dumbledore's like, lol, let me tell you what a phoenix is. And then we learn what a phoenix is, including some crucial information that we're going to use at the end of this book. Well, and here's where we learn that it's called a burning day. But how much better would it have been if it would have been called a flaming day? Aww. Like every few years, that bird just has a flaming day, and we then need it, to start, it has to like start over again. It just—I mm. mean, that's something that uh, Fox and Dumbledore would have in common in that case. Yes, because every day for Dumbledore is a flaming, <laughs> flaming day. day. I was gonna say, hey. The annoying also- thing is, the annoying thing is that when J.K. Rowling was like, "Dumbledore's gay," it's like, wow, that is not nearly 
I'm so sorry. Wait, wait, who was like that? She who must not be named. (laughs) When she came out and was like, Dumbledore's gay, it was like, wow, I hate you for saying that because you like didn't have the courage to put that into your book. But like at the same time, it's like, she's definitely not wrong. I always... It's a dramatic ass pet. I always read him as gay. What'd you say, Andrew? I always read Dumbledore as gay, like from like at least the fourth book on in my mind, I always just imagined him as a delightful older gay man who had awesome adventures. I don't like know. A, like a magical Anderson Cooper with more colorful exactly, outfits. Exactly. Exactly. I was, I was I like the only one that. looking around going like, wait, everyone else is surprised. Why? We should have cast Anderson Cooper instead of Jude fucking law. Anderson <laughs> Cooper is cold though. He's I like kinda, he's, he's cold and like objective. Like I don't. I think he. I don't think it. he would be a good Dumbledore. I think if someone told Anderson Cooper you are a good Dumbledore, he would he would feel it in his heart, and he. Would I feel like that. I feel like Anderson Cooper has like whimsy in his soul, but like he doesn't use it at work. Like yes. it, he's he's whimsical on his own time. If Aww. you doubt that Anderson Cooper could have played Dumbledore, just watch the clip of when he announced the birth of his son on air. Uh, and you will see, like, all the love and magic in the universe in his eyes when he says that. The Silver Fox is just amazing. Inserts clip here. It's been a difficult time in all of our lives, and there are certainly many hard days ahead. It is, I think, especially important in these times of trouble to try to hold on to moments of joy and moments of happiness. Even as we mourn the loss of loved ones, we're also blessed with new life and new love. So I just wanted to take a moment and share with you some joyful news of my own. On Monday, I became a father. Never actually said that before out loud, and it still kind of astonishes me. I am a dad. I have a son, and I want you to meet him. Okay, great. So we learned that phoenixes can carry immense weight. They have healing tears, and they're very loyal. Wonder if any of that information will come back later. No. Probably not. (laughs) <laughs> okay, so then Harry's like, oh yeah, I'm here because I'm in trouble. And then Hagrid bursts in with a chicken still. Re- really quickly here, really quickly, because I don't want to brush over this. Is it not weird to anyone else that phoenixes are immortal, seem to have a very high level of intelligence, and yet are referred to as a great pet? I, I don't know. It just seems like I don't think you could... Fo- like domesticate a phoenix. I think that is more of a partnership where the phoenix... <laughs> they're familiars. To- they're not... It's familiars. not a pet. Yeah, yeah it's, definitely. It's, it's same thing with Hedwig. Hedwig can't really be contained in that way, and we see yeah. that later in this chapter. So definitely familiar is the right term, but I think that's just a little too advanced for this age group. That's, like, also just a thing with birds. Like, some yeah. species of... Like, some parrots have, like, the intelligence of a five-year-old. Oh, like I hate knowing that. Yeah, no, it's not a great thing to know, but like, uh, yeah, like a lot of birds are bonkers intelligent. So I feel like Fox, it's sort of like that, like there's a reason that Fox doesn't live in a cage. Like Fox is free to come and go as he wishes, but like he knows where the reliable source of food is. And also like Dumbledore just matches his vibe. Like (laughs) Dumbledore is as much for Fox's aesthetic as Fox is for Dumbledore's aesthetic, you know? Oh, so interesting. My parents have a friend who's a little old lady who owns a parrot. And when she first got it, she got it from a uh, friend who had a bunch of social gatherings. And we always had, you know, like at least once or twice a week would have guests over and have not like crazy ragers, but would have, you know, like dinner parties and things like that. And apparently when she first got the bird, my parents' friend discovered that its favorite thing to do was to 
basically spout old gossip. Aww. So this bird would <laughs> just randomly that. bring up, like, say things like, why is she here? Why is she wearing that? And like, <laughs> just really, like, pithy little comments. <laughs> um, I'm stealing mix- that. I'm stealing that for one of my amazing? novels, dude. Did you guys ever see that commercial like years and years ago? It was like for like a job searching website or something, but it's just like a a parrot alone in a house with like a door in the background and it's just sitting there like, all right, can't take this, can't take this, not another day, another day. And then like the dude who owns it comes home like, I can't take this, I can't take this, not another day, not another day, not another day. Oh my God, that's horrifying. <laughs> that's I'm going to do it this time. <laughs> It's like one of the funniest fucking things I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> <laughs> okay, 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 okay. Focus. One, one thing. Yeah, one okay. one birds, specifically this dead rooster <laughs> that okay. Hagrid's carrying around. Couldn't Dumbledore just take his word for it that there was another dead rooster? Why did he have to bring the physical <laughs> dead bird to his office? To lay across his desk. Exhibit A! That is a great I know, dead I know the bird is dead. Sure. I just Second think Haggard, I just think Haggard, like, forgot to put it down. Maybe. In his, in his, uh, hurry to get out <laughs> to the office. One thing about birds is they're disgusting. Chickens and waterfowl, they carry a lot of lice and other oh. external parasites. Mm. And the second they die, they start to, like, shed off of them, like, in a disgusting way. Uh, I worked at a vet. That's how I know this. And it was at a beach. And people would bring in these, like, half-dead pelicans. And we would have to euthanize them. And they shed parasites to the point where you have to euthanize them in a trash bag, basically. Oh, the parasites. My God. So Hagrid is crawling in lice. Basically, I feel like is what I'm saying at this moment. And he's I, putting lice all over Dumbledore's beautiful <laughs> office. I feel like I haven't been this shocked in like a really long time. Like it makes yeah, birds are nasty. Sense, but that is like a lot to hear in my right. Oh my no. Ears. Like I don't think it's like, really like a pet bird thing, but like wild birds, yeah. waterfowl, chickens. No, I'm birds. I'm fully prepared to believe it because like not to go off on a tangent, but last year, like I live in an apartment, like I'm on the top floor, and uh, I had starlings in like no, a nest no, in my starling and like my oven vent, and I could hear them through my oven vent, um, and like it wasn't a problem until the baby birds started growing up and they all had mites. So I started noticing like all these weird, like little brown bugs all over like my spices. Cause my spice cabinet is like near, it, it's like above my oven. And like, I had to call my landlord and it was a whole thing. Like they couldn't take the nest out cause the birds were alive and they didn't want to kill the birds and then have a dead bird in my vent. So I just had I to like you, live with having mites for a while. I told you animal control won't fuck with birds, dude. I had like such a duck plague at this pool. I lifeguarded out once. <laughs> <laughs> animal control was like, oh yeah, ducks. Uh, can't do it. Sorry. <laughs> They've got dicks like corkscrews. I'm not going no. anywhere near that. All right. I'm calling it. We're moving <laughs> Directly away from the corkscrew dicks. Okay, Hagrid Burson, chicken in hand, lice everywhere. And he's like, I'm Harry's alibi. I saw him. And honestly, in his defense, well, no, not in his defense, but in the last chapter, I was like, that's so stupid. Why do we just run into Hagrid in the hallway? That's like the stupidest thing I've ever read. Okay, but this is why. Yeah. So that Hagrid can be like, I'm his defense. This is like, defense. like the first time, uh, this is the first time I think that I'm noticing reading this scene that like, oh, 
Hagrid is traumatized. Because, like, the thing that he was expelled for is happening again, and Harry is now being accused of it the way he was accused of it, even though he had nothing to do with it. So, like, this is him seeing history fucking repeating itself and being like, fuck no, not my boy. Well, so, what do you think? I mean, who's in this castle right now? Who knows that this is why Hagrid got expelled? Dumbledore and probably no one else. Moaning Myrtle? Mm. McGonagall might know. Moaning Myrtle, I feel like she doesn't give a shit and she didn't remember that. You know what I mean? (laughs) Um, McGonagall probably knows. And Okay, so like, okay, all right. So uh, my question was like, are people turning to him? But Dumbledore was confident of his innocence and he may or may not be the only person who knows. Well, it, it, there's also the chance that Hagrid, I, I think at this point, Dumbledore's probably put together a bit of the clues and is kind of what's going on, but Hagrid definitely hasn't. And there's a very good chance that Hagrid's afraid Dumbledore's going to be like, sorry, dude, I got to go kill Aragog. Like, this is the oh. closest thing, the closest thing I have to a lead. So I'm going to go, I know that he's in the Forbidden Forest and you know where he is. Is I'm gonna need you to show me where your buddy is so I can kill the shit out of him. Well, I mean, family. it depends. It depends on whether uh, Hagrid knows that Tom Riddle grew up to be Voldemort. Like, I don't know oh, how, because yeah. like to, to people in the Order of the Phoenix, like that's not general knowledge in the Wizarding world, but to people in the Order of the Phoenix, they might at least know. I that. feel like Hagrid so, like, knows because he's one of Dumbledore's most trusted confidants. Yeah. So like, it seems like that would be something that like he would like. There's no reason not to tell him, like, hey, you were probably expelled wrongly. Like, that doesn't help you, but, like, I hope you know that I know. Aww. Um, yeah, it helps yeah. to forge your relationship with him. But, yeah, just that, uh, I've just never noticed that before. Well, and Dumbledore didn't expel Hagrid. Dippet did. So right. All right, all right. Yeah. Let's focus. <laughs> there is so much yet to come in this chapter. <laughs> Um, okay, so then Dumbledore's like, Hagrid, I know that Harry's innocent. Just, like, leave, please. That's not why he's here. And Hagrid's like, cool, 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 And then he leaves. And so Dumbledore is like, Harry, do you have anything you'd like to tell me? And Harry says, no. So two questions. One, why does Dumbledore ask that? And two, why does Harry lie? Let's start with my first question. Why does Dumbledore ask him this? Because Dumbledore knows what's going on in his fucking castle. Like, is it because know- he can read minds, or is it because he pays attention? He pays attention. We know Dumbledore walks the floors of the castle because in the first. We just book- said he was probably off wandering. Gordon. Yeah, so he <laughs> like it. it I, I have every confidence that Dumbledore seems like the type of guy to me who would still go to Moaning Myrtle and try to be like, "Hey, Myrtle." hope your day's going well. And then she like breaks down and wails and goes into the U-bend. But I I still think he would be the type to do that. And he'd be like, Hmm, a deserted bathroom. Harry's best friend is the brightest student in this entire castle. And they are obviously making polyjuice potion. And Harry's the type of inquisitive little ass. That's going to think I'm going to take justice into my own hands and figure out who's doing this. So I think he's basically trying to give Harry an out to say like, yeah, you know, we we got a plan going, and you're probably asking why there's a cauldron full of steaming ingredients in the second floor girl's bathroom. Yeah, honestly, there's no reason Dumbledore wouldn't have gone to Moaning Myrtle by now to at least be like, yep. same thing that happened last time. Any updates? Have you seen anything? I'm on the fence about whether Dumbledore knows about the polyjuice potion or not. I think that this is a, like, 
a leading question so he can get like any thoughts that Harry has about what's going on to the forefront of his mind so he can legitimate the fuck out of him. Um, because Dumbledore knows that Tom Riddle became Voldemort. He knows that Tom Riddle was involved with the last time the Chamber of Secrets is opened. He's probably at this point put together that Tom Riddle was somehow fucking responsible or involved with that whole debacle. So now that it's happening again, even though Voldemort is supposedly gone, Voldemort almost came back last year at this very school. So whatever is going on probably has something to do with Voldemort, which means it probably has something to do with Harry. So... Now that Harry is, like, constantly in the wrong place at the wrong time, it stands to reason that he would be like, Hey, is anything going on that I should fucking know about? (laughs) What do you think, Courtney? I mean, Dumbledore has, like, the world's best security system because he has, like, every portrait in this enormous castle, like, at his bidding. So he knows all the shit that's going on. It's that just like a great point that I had not thought of. Before, it's just a feeling Like he just wants to see kind of like how much he's willing to keep from him. I think. Do you Don't think it was a test that Harry fails? No, I think it was a confirmation. Confirmation. Like he he knows that like that's just like the stoicness of Harry's personality, and like he's just trying to figure out like kind of where how much does he know at that point. Wait, and Courtney, you bring up a good point, too. He has to know exactly what's going on, because I doubt that there wouldn't be at least one portrait that would be like, yo, giant snake. Yes. Giant snake giant going snake through the like, halls. Hey, uh, Harry Potter is like going into this weird bathroom with his friends every day <laughs> for hours at a time. Like, that would raise some questions. It's either an orgy or something illegal. That's what's really going on, is he's trying to poke and prod and be like, so Harry, are you in Ron and Hermione? I don't know. Are you using protection? <laughs> um, Let's do you remember your your You might be <laughs> starting to feel a strange tingling. Do you remember in the movies when fucking Dumbledore is like, you and Hermione Granger, what's up with that? And Harry's like, ah, we're just friends. And Dumbledore's like, cool. What? Do you remember that? <laughs> Follow up, you and Draco Malfoy. Which movie? It's literally, it's gotta be like between four and six. Like it's, well, I mean, that's obvious. Well, like six is the one where everyone starts hooking up. Somewhere in, it must be six because that's when the whole movie is just deeply sexually awkward the whole time because Bonnie Wright and fucking Dan Radcliffe have goddamn zero chemistry. I would have chemistry with both of you. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) I love him. He was a great Harry Potter overall, but he took, like, I feel like all the humor out of Harry. Like, okay, not I agree all of it, but most of it. I agree with you until movie six when he's so clicking. Thing. Why is that so funny? Yeah, I don't know if that's, like, a Daniel Radcliffe's acting thing or a directing thing. I think, yeah, I think it's a writing thing. and directing thing. Yeah. For sure. Because Dan Radcliffe is amazing in other stuff. Have like, you yeah. seen Swiss? Army man. Yes, I have. I know. I made you watch. We watched it together. Uh, I highly recommend every part of it until the last five minutes. Oh, uh, I just—it's so uncomfortable. Okay. Anyway, so then, so then, why does Harry say no when Dumbledore says, "Do you need to tell me anything?" Because, like every fucking teenage boy, he's like, "I got it covered, dude. Like, it's fine. You don't need to know for right now." Like, I think he just. I don't know. I think it's like arrogance that he's been accused of by other characters in the castle mixed with like the stoicness of his personality. Yeah. Like, keep, like keep in mind that like 
at this point in his life, Harry has never met an adult that he could fully rely on. Even Dumbledore is like the best of them, but even then it's like, well, I'm still going to try to handle this myself because I don't know how you're going to react if I tell you I can fucking talk to snakes. So I'm just yeah. going to not risk that. That's true. They don't have the relationship now that they come to have later. Mm-hmm. Well, and you also got to remember at this point in the story, Harry's year has started off with him flying a car and wrecking into a tree. Then he Ugh. gets accused of all these heinous crimes and he knows he's breaking, I think Hermione said about 50 school rules to brew this uh, polyjuice potion. And if he gets kicked out, he goes back to the Dursleys. I think if I was in that situation, I would just be like, okay, lying is the least of the crimes that I'm committing. Let's, let's just keep on lying. <laughs> Just keep yeah. digging this hole. Yep. Yeah. I think the scene ends with Harry being like, nah. And then it's <laughs> like, it's a section break. And then it goes into like one of our sweeping descriptions about like everyone was super scared. Things are getting scary at Hogwarts. Um, where am I? Where's Malfoy's being a dick. Malfoy's being a dick. Fred and George are totally trolling Harry by being like, make way for the heir of Slytherin or he'll murder you with his snake language. Can I just ask, um, why do we think Malfoy is staying for Christmas? He never does this. He's in love. No, he. Wa- I think he is. I think Malfoy gen- genuinely has FOMO, and if a mudblood got got while he was <laughs> home, he would feel like he had lost out on something. Okay. Or it adds to like the implication that he is, you know, he is the person who opened the chamber. He's like he wants to be Yeah, I got more more mudbloods to kill. It's so, part of his facade. He's, I mean, he is trying to allude to that, right? I mean, that that's pretty clear, I think. I mean, he I says think. in this chapter, they're like, oh god, I wish I knew who it was so I could help them. He says it to Crabbe and Goyle, though. I think he's trying to, like, intimate to the rest of the school, like... Yeah, he's like, like I know exactly what's going on here. Yeah, like, I'm in actually, on it. I think it's actually a lot more simple than that. I think his parents wanted him to stay home because they knew they were going to get raided. They knew that the ministry oh, was going to come and raid their house. And they're like, just stay at fucking Hogwarts. Don't, you know, you're young. You might say the wrong thing or do the wrong thing. That's a great just point. Just chill there. Uh, we know this is coming. We're going to lock everything away. And that's why when Lucius sent him the thing about Arthur and the Weasleys get uh, getting in trouble, it was like not unexpected. He knew every, like, he wasn't like, oh my God, can you believe they raided me? He was like, eh. We knew it was coming. We put all the shit in the secret room in our house. And honestly, here's what happened is Lucius sent Draco Malfoy a letter that was like, don't come home. We're getting raided. Your stupid mouth. Just yeah. stay like, say it's cool. And then Malfoy is like, grumpy, grumpy, grumpy. Yeah, like, I, I am not stupid. I'm not going to say the wrong thing. And then he's like sulking and he's like, wait a second, but this will help bolster my reputation as the heir of Slytherin if I stay here to make sure more people get murdered. Mm-hmm. Also, yeah, maybe, maybe. I'll meet Harry in a bathroom and we can make out a little bit. <laughs> I'm going to go disappoint daddy by hooking up with Potter. Oh my God. Oh yeah, my he God. wants to have a snowed in, you know, romantic, so romantic Christmas. Like Beauty and the Beast. And like almost honestly, this time of, I probably, if I went to Hogwarts, I probably wouldn't go home either because yeah, you no. get away with anything over Christmas at Christmas Hogwarts. Hogwarts would be the best. You have like the Percy most extravagant in decorations. The make, he's probably fucking. He's a six year. He's probably fucking. 
Mm, Percy, Percy doesn't fuck. Percy's not fucking. Yeah, no. Percy, I think Percy has intercourse. Fucking. No, he has intercourse. <laughs> he does not fuck. There's nothing about that action in Percy Weasley that equals fucking. It is it is very clinical sexual intercourse. Okay. It's not to clarify, it's not making love either. It's no, oh god, it's no. just intercourse. It is biological function. Yeah, oh yeah. Like Mike Pence. Super stoked on it. Just it's not fucking. Alright, okay, Jesus Christ. Okay, wait, let's get there. We're gonna we're gonna catch Percy later. Um, but for now, what's happening? Um Ginny continues to not be amused with the thing, the way things are going at Hogwarts, because as we all know, she's having some serious psychological issues right now. Um, she's like gaslighting herself. It's so, it's pretty tragic to see all these like small descriptions throughout and like we know what's going on with her. All, all every character that's at Hogwarts in, over the winter break needs to listen to some fucking John Mayer because all of them just need to goddamn say what they need to say. All of them need to just like, let it out and just get it out there. Like Jenny needs to be like, I'm getting possessed by a book person. Needs to be like, I'm having intercourse with this girl. And, uh, Harry needs to be like, I'm hearing this shit in the walls. Like this needs to happen. They all just need to open their fucking mouths and go to therapy. So funny because if like they were all together and they were like confessing confessing things, they would be like, Percy, sit down. Your thing, your confession is so stupid. We have real shit going on. <laughs> Oh, Jesus Christ. Um, okay. D- does so- anyone else get like serious Hank Hill vibes from Percy Weasley at this book? Like the British like, equivalent? Yeah, the British Hank Hill, just like, I'll tell you what, I- I'm going to go and I'm going to have sexual intercourse with my girl. But oh. it's against the rules, so we're going to do it in the dungeon. Oh! You're pretty good at that impression, but I'm not familiar enough with the character to confirm or deny this. <laughs> okay, so here's the next thing the Weasley kids. Like, quote, I, I said, quote, I don't know. I don't remember what the exact word was, but like they choose allegedly not to go on vacation to Egypt. All of them, the whole family, including Jenny. Is that real? Looks like if I were Jenny, I would go, first of all, straight home to my mom at the earliest opportunity. Uh, I I think what's really going on here is that the Weasley matriarch and patriarch basically told the kids, you know, we just got fined 50 galleons. We can't do a vacation right now. We'll do it later when we can, but we can't do it because I really don't see a world where every single Weasley is like, I'd rather stay. Now, I, I think that it's a situation where they had planned to do that. And then a 50 galleon fine later, they're destitute again. And so they can't afford to do it and have to put it off. But, you don't I totally your, agree. Yeah, you don't tell everyone like, oh no, my family's too poor to do that trip now. Well, you tell them we're gonna wait or we don't really feel like going. And I think that's a fault of like Harry and Harry's privilege and his perspective is that he's like, Yeah, they just didn't want to go. And so it's like whether or not the kids knew that like they couldn't afford to go or if they I don't know. That was like my my one question. Don't they like, like also doesn't the whole family go to Egypt literally the next summer? When they, they get money. They get, yeah, when they, they get go. a thousand gallons or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, okay. So the next day is Christmas. Hermione wakes them up. As a reminder, girls are allowed to come into the boys' dormitories, but boys aren't allowed into the girls' dormitories. Do we want to unpack that or do we not even have enough time? I feel I actually- like the implication is there. Yeah, the implication is there, but I did hear something really cool the other day, and it might have been one of y'all that brought this up, but there is such an opportunity for someone to make a very pro-trans story of a a trans woman wizard who 
decides, like, I want to go up to the girl's dormitory and takes the first few steps and nothing happens on the stairs. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh my god. And then Hermione's like, there's no bed for you, but you can bunk with me. But you can stay with us, dude. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, I love everything. We could have had it all. <laughs> <laughs> if you weren't a turd. Zoom always clips when people sing, but rest assured that Haley's JK Rowling is a turf serenade was absolutely beautiful. JK Rowling's turf. Okay. Um, and then Hermione's like throwing presents at their faces and being like, the potions already wake up. Merry fucking Christmas, bitches. They're like, let's do it tonight. Tonight's the night. It's ready. I don't know. I guess that's a surprise to them because they weren't talking about it yesterday already. It's ready today. Suddenly it looks good. They're doing the Christmas thing. Hedwig flies in and Harry's like, oh, I guess you're not mad at me anymore. And like, has Hedwig been mad at Harry for four solid months? Sounds like. Petty. <laughs> She's a petty, petty bitch. Okay, my cat Penny is has the exact personality of Hedwig. Oh, God, you're so right. <laughs> yeah. Just like proud, proud and beautiful and silly a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so Hedwig came because she brought him a Christmas present from the Dursleys, which was a toothpick and a note being like, can you stay at school for summer break too? Because we fucking hate you. (laughs) The effort that it took to think of that gift and to send it to Hogwarts was, I have to award that point. (laughs) (laughs) Does anyone else think that there's a scene where Hedwig just flies into the Dursleys and starts pecking them until they give him give her something she can bring back to Harry? That is canon oh, later in the books. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. We know it happens later on. So do you think it happens now? Like, Yes. I think Hedwig is doing it for longer than Harry realizes. We start to realize stuff about Harry's life like two or three years late at the same time Harry starts to realize it. <laughs> He's an idiot. Well, I mean, that's the thing with being a teenager is that, like, you don't start to realize until you're, like, late in your teens that, like, the way you grew up, like, certain aspects of it may not have been fucking normal. Yes. Yeah. Okay, like, so... Oh, no, everybody doesn't sleep in the burp room cl- cupboard for oh my the first God. 11 years of their life? Huh. Okay, well, Crab and Goyle got to sleep in the broom cupboard. Let's get there. Uh, okay, and then there's a the gift parade, you know, the, the Christmas gift parade. And, and then there's this... Well, can I ask, what is treacle? Because it Haley seems like That's a <laughs> favorite question. word of her. So, and so treacle is like caramel on steroids. It's they use like Lyle's golden syrup, which is like a, I guess like a sugar. It's like it's like a very very light molasses, and it's very like thick and sweet and like it, it like sticks to your like teeth brittle? like peanut brittle a little bit but like but like swamp yeah level. yeah like a treacle tart is literally like a pie crust and then just like some treacle with like brown sugar and like fixins and it's like a caramel pie okay next what happens is harry opens a gift and it's a sweater for mrs weasley and then he's like all the things Mrs. Weasley has done for me. She told me not to break the rules anymore. And I'm about to break the rules tonight. Oh, well, I suck. Guys, yep. <laughs> Ron smells like rat pee. Like, for sure. Oh, yeah. Scabber sleeps in his bed. 
Mm. Yeah. And rats like male rats like dribble pee like everywhere they walk. So that bedding definitely a teenage boy is not washing the rat pee bedding. It's probably a good thing that he lost scabbers when he did. Th- those yeah, house cells have to work overtime. He doesn't want to be a a, a a man of um puberty age with a smelling like rat pee. He's already got some <laughs> against him, some checks against him. Uh, rat spe- pee. Speaking of rat pee, they go to Christmas dinner. <laughs> There's no relation. It was a, ju- it was a juxtaposition joke. Um, and then they eat Christmas dinner. Yum, yum, yum. It's truly the briefest like Christmas scene, I think, of any of the Harry Potter books like ever, except until we get to the polyjuice potion part. It really feels like the Christmas part of this is so brief. As they're leaving, Hermione's like, it's time. Go get your fucking hairs. We need to do the potion. And she has her chocolate cakes. Okay, I have a question. Does y'all's American books call them cakes? Mm-hmm. Are they whole cakes, dude? I mean, I think they're cupcakes. No, they're like, they're like little, yeah, okay, little, little personal cakes. cakes. We've all seen the movie, but if the American edition of this book says cake... I think it's like uh, a lava cake, like that type of style. Oh, cake style. <laughs> and yeah. then, like the instead of like chocolate syrup on the inside, it's the sleeping. It's sleeping push. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Cool. So, uh, so, and then Hermione's like, I already have my own hair from Millicent Bulstrode from that time she put me in a headlock in the last chapter. Wow, famous last words. <laughs> and then. They leave the cakes on the banister, and Crab and Goyle have been completely gorging themselves on a Christmas feast with absolutely Hell no yeah. supervision. As is their right. <laughs> it's their right, but, like, how the fuck do you come out of that and see, like, random abandoned cakes and be like, I'm gonna shove that in my mouth in one bite? Have you like, met my husband? <laughs> met me. Have you met any 12-year-old boy? You yeah. can't. This can't be real. Like, after, like, one piece of cake, I'm like, oh my god, I can't eat any more cake and we're not all you christina so don't judge us i mean thinking like why do i have such a weight problem then that's not fair at all no like i feel like i've been in the banquet hall like for six hours because they're just letting it letting themselves get hungry over and over again they just like i like i feel that way now if i have too much cake but like at 12 i had no limit so like if i if i've been eating cake all day and then i saw like free stair cake i'm eating the stair cake (laughs) okay that's a good (laughs) and they're monster sized like they're already gonna eat monster portions i think their monster size is what made me confused about how old they were because okay these are all good points okay 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 so they do they stuff the whole cakes into their large mouth that's a Honestly, like, the way that that bitch describes this, like, whole scene, she really does hate fat people. Very much so. It's kind of crazy. I've, I've certainly never noticed that before. I never heard that take before. They're, like... They're e- and they're evil. or They're, they're, they're like, they're, bad, usually. They're, sh- they're shitty people, and they're, like, gluttonous to the extreme. Whereas, like, like I just alluded to, like, I live an incredibly healthy lifestyle, and I, I have a hard time losing weight. Like, it's not... You don't have to be, like, a gluttonous, disgusting, shitty person to be, like, a fat Dude, I've been a vegetarian for, like, 11 years. Yeah. <laughs> and there, it is what it is, I tell there are, you. There are a couple of characters who are, who could be, like, classified as overweight who aren't evil, but Molly. they're usually referred to as plump. Yeah, it's Molly. Molly It's Molly and the witch who pushes the trolley on the trolley. Oh, yeah, mm. but they're both food givers, dude. Mm. What Motherly... 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Christine, I think you hit the nail on the head. I think that it's not that she hates fat people. I think JK Rowling is truly and honestly that disgusted. Bitch. Oh, yeah, excuse me. I think that bitch or she who must not be named is truly disgusted by fat people. Yeah. Because I think that she's one of those people who just sees it as a self-control issue because you also look at the way that she describes like fat people. And like you said, it's always just like eating with ravenous hunger at yeah. all times. But the weird thing is that she describes Ron as being the same way, but not being fat and not being Because disgusting. he's a main character. I want us to all practice. You know how, like, when you're reading these books and people react so negatively and viscerally to Voldemort's name? And it's a little hard for us because we don't have an equivalent in our own society. Like, we can say Hitler's name. I think we all need to really try to get into that mindset whenever someone says, jk rowling we need to like condition ourselves to be like oh god oh why did you say that don't say her name come on you already have trump oh mm. my i have like a see did y'all hear your reactions <laughs> there we go i have a plug-in on my google chrome on my computer that cha- changes his name to trump which is like funny it reminds me that he's a joke but uh, yeah it was funny when he got elected but now i'm like he's burning rome is burning and he's you know the expression. He'd be like, playing yeah, the violin, but he can't. That's yeah. the that's greatest violin. It's the best violin. You've never heard yeah. anyone play the violin quite yeah. like that. <laughs> <laughs> it's solid gold. I got it from the devil. Yeah. So Harry Potter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you think your world's on fire, if you think your world's Harry on fire. Harry fucking Potter. That man's got problems. Mm. If you think your world's on fire, Harry Potter is knocking out Crab and Goyle and stealing their hair so he can turn into them for spy purposes. It's just Tuesday night. So Crab and Goyle eat the cakes and they pass out because they're full of fucking sleeping draft. And then Harry and Ron, they're like, this they're like, this part is surprisingly easy. Like they just eat it and pass out. They stash Crab and Goyle in the cupboard and they yank out their hairs and they steal their shoes. And they <laughs> they run. To the bathroom where Hermione this, is working on the potion. This isn't said in the book, but knowing Ron and loving Ron the way that I do, I guarantee you that by placing them in the broom cl- uh, cupboard, what really is said there is like kicking forcefully to make them fit. And then like as Harry turns around, taking one more pot shot at the <laughs> passed out form, slamming the door on their face like, man, got him in there. <laughs> Everything he's ever wanted to do. Yeah, yeah exactly. Okay, so they go to the bathroom, and Hermione's making the potion, and it's smoky, and it is stinky, and they're like, what's going on? And Hermione's like, I got this, we're all ready, the potion's ready. She's very, I love the way this chapter describes, um, like, alludes to Hermione's anxiety. She's, like, breathless, her face is shiny, like, the way she, she's, like, in type A, like heaven right now she's at like 110 percent operating power and she's like i've done it i've done the thing like my plan is going great everything's great so far okay everyone get where the fuck you need to be because this is perfect this plan is perfect and like we're fucking doing this no i have to say like hermione's characterization with this whole like let's fucking do it like everything with the potion is completely in character for a 12 year old girl because like there is nothing that 12 year old girls love so much as like plots like (laughs) Like, present a 12-year-old girl with any kind of a plot, especially if it's to fuck over someone she hates, like, you will get this level of dedication. Yeah. Haley, I think I should tell you all about what 12-year-old girls really feel like. Um, I think that's (laughs) my place to go ahead and enlighten everyone. Oh, please do. (laughs) (laughs) 
So Hermione stole some robes. She's like, let's do this. She serves up the polyjuice potion into what tumblers is what they're called, which I'm like, that's a very adult drinking vessel. <laughs> yeah, where'd she get tumblers? Uh, the kitchens. Uh, no, I don't know. They learn about that later, but like maybe I think they don't know where the kitchens are yet. I, I think yeah, Hermione must have cutlery out. I, th- I maybe she took them from the dining hall, but I also think Hermione always knows more than Ron and Harry at any given time. I have a theory. Um, The teacher's lounge has a uh, drinks cupboard, and she took it from there. Oh, okay. Do we not get the impression Flitwick could make a mean cocktail? Yes. I don't know why, but it just seems like he would be the type who would be like, what are we all drinking tonight? It's his drinking cabinet. (laughs) Okay, wait. I... I I, can't, I mentioned earlier like a like a thing between Flitwick and Peter Dinklage because they're both short and I would fuck them both. But like it's it's like developing like I drink and I know things. Oh shit! Right? Yeah. Yeah. I the similarity they're they're growing. No, that no that would have been amazing casting if that had been like temporarily possible. <laughs> I just think that like if Peter Dinklage had like. As soon as the events of Game of Thrones were ever just been, like, chucked over to Hogwarts and, like, grown into this sage old teacher that's, like, a great dueling master. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. His name's Tyrion. I, I kept calling him Peter Dinklage. The Dink! Um, okay, so the potion's gross, and they all put their hairs in, and it looks gross. It's, quote, frothing. Unquote. Like it's a good- like a nice frothing beverage. <laughs> like, a, your- like a wop. What would your potion taste like? Um, but it, like, I feel like they all taste bad. Like, do, no, am I allowed like, for mine to taste good? I think that, I think they all just taste like the essence of the person. Well, in, My- in book seven, when they drink the polyjuice potion that has Harry's bits in it, it's supposed to taste pretty good. Yeah. Oh, yeah, interesting. Sure. I think mine would taste like apples. I eat at least one apple every day, and I'm sweet and practical and straightforward. I would be salty, because I'm salty. <laughs> yeah, you'd be like a coconut chip, like soft and then salty, and you're like, what? Yeah. <laughs> I honestly have no clue what I would taste like. You'd taste like caramel. I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'm just dreaming of caramel ever since we got into the in-depth conversation <laughs> about the truckle tart. <laughs> Courtney, what would your apology potion taste like? I think it would be mostly... Like weed and like a grape laffy taffy. Ooh, an infused okay, an infused grape laffy taffy, like Mm -hmm. slushy smoothie slurry. I think slurry is right. And they drink it. Mm. They drink it up. They're in different stalls. We're we're deep in Harry's point of view now. We don't know what's going on in the other stalls, which I would argue is excellent writing. Um, Nausea, then burning. Then melting, and then he's on the floor, and he's like, "What's happening to me?" But then it's over, just as soon as it began. And now he's Goyle. Wait, right? Yeah, Goyle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I do love the little uh, thing in there about it. Felt like Harry had swallowed several live snakes. It's a great little uh, bit of writing. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, you're full of snakes right now, Harry. Pretty Slytherin. Exactly. <laughs> it's a great little metaphor when, or simile. So he puts on his shoes and his robes. He literally flexed and busted out of his last robes. <laughs> <laughs> so he puts on the new robes. They're, they're Slytherin robes, even though I don't think in the book they ever talk about the robes being different by house. But that's the thing in the movie. They never fully describe the robes. They're like, is robes. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. So he puts they on the big dress robes, but not like they're oh my god. Can't wait for that. Um, and so now he looks like Goyle. He takes his glasses off. Ron's like, oh, crazy, and comes out, and he's like crab, and they're like looking at each other, and they're like looking in the mirror, and they're touching each other, and they're like, oh, crazy. They describe him as having, uh, they describe, uh, crab as having a pudding bowl haircut. Oh, yep. Which I take to mean a bowl cut. Like a yeah, uh, I guess like a deep so. bowl cut though. No, no, right? no. no. I, I had that wrong. A pudding basin haircut is the direct a quotation. basin pudding basin. Who eats pudding by the basin? <laughs> Don't Fucking judge crap. me in my choices. <laughs> Take it up with she who must not be named because what the fuck? Um, a basin? That's like a wash. Yeah, let me try to. Just you know, it. just a just a pudding tub, just a whole pool of pudding. I'm pudding really basin. feeling judged right now, and if you could stop that, Haley. But let's absolutely be honest, not. If it's, if, I if mean, the, it is on. It, um, it absolutely says pudding basin. <laughs> yeah, except it, that he looked pale and shocked. Ron was indistinguishable from crab, from the pudding basin haircut to the long gorilla arms. I have that in my UK edition too. That's very British weird. English is cancelled. <laughs> Cancelled with one L. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's be honest. If it's going to fit over Crab's head, it probably needs to be a basin and not a bowl. Mm. Like that's mm-hmm. a big-headed boy. Like I don't think you a could fit boy. a bowl cut. Would be more like 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 a reverse tonsure for him because it would just be like the very top part of the head. A reverse oh, what? Tonsure. tonsure, like monks, like monks. How they would shave like this part of their head? Isn't it oh. called a pate? It's oh. both. Oh, find the definitions of these words. Or is a paint just the a paint is just like yeah a paint is like a word for I guess your scalp. So like it can be called shaved paint. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Is that from? Wait, am I making this up? Is that like? Wait, never mind. I'm about to dive down etymology lane, and we don't need to go there. Um. Okay. So then they're like, "Whoa, we look great. The spell it worked. The potion's great." Hermione, let's go! And Hermione's like, meow, I can't come. <laughs> can't come out right now. <laughs> Boo! They don't push her very hard on this. They're just like, I mean, I, that's fine. They're on a they time they a situation. They, it seems short-sighted to only make an hour's worth of Polyjuice Potion. I wonder like, if, like, you can only take an hour's worth, like, the way that in... No, because to jump forward... The fake Mad-Eye Moody is kept fake Mad-Eye moody by a steady supply of... He keeps the flask on his person, though. Yeah, but, like, you can just, like, keep adding, and it just adds hours. Oh, I see what you're saying, though. They don't have a flask. It's probably a limitation of quantity, so they probably could only nick enough, like... that. That's what I got from it. Maybe, like, what they stole from... What they stole from Snape could only make, like, so much potion. Right. Maybe. That's what I'm guessing. All right, we figured it out. Um, so Hermione's like, I got gum! And probably they're like, oh, shit, oh, okay, all right, we're gonna go. Like, you, you're selling your hammer problem. So the clock starts now. Who, is that from, that's from Zumba's Just Desserts. Do you guys watch that show? Only with you. They're like, how do we find the Slytherin common room? Which... I just feel like they probably could have 
done some research on this before this moment. Like any kind of recon. Like, like their, 1% recon. Their knowledge so. begins and ends with the Slytherins come up to breakfast from over there. What the fuck? <laughs> They're so genuinely stupid, dude. Which, why didn't Hermione figure this that they would need this? Like, this is a very obvious part. She thought of getting bigger robes, but not of that they needed to know where the fuck well, they she were going. Pr- she probably did the recon on her own because she doesn't trust these fucking idiots. And then, like, in the panic of turning into a goddamn, like, furry, she forgot <laughs> to tell them, like, by the way, like, to get to the Slytherin common room, you have to go down these stairs and take yeah. a left and take a right and then take another left. And then, like, I don't know what their password is, but that's that's where it'll be. That tracks. But I I mean, just really, Harry has a, an invisibility cloak and he could follow anyone for any amount of time without them mm. knowing. Just so. find this one wall and then scream racial slurs at it until it opens. <laughs> <laughs> okay, not a good look. Not a good look to have the password be purebred. But, yeah. You know. Can you uh, imagine? It's like your password being white power. Like, what the it's fuck, It's hard to dude? defend. Imagine like going to a, like an underground club and they're like password and it's like pure blood. It's like I'm not going to that club. I'm I'm out. I'm I will be leaving. And we know that Harry was would have done very well in Slytherin, which means that half bloods can get into that house. Who it, sets like, the password? Also, well, what I'm saying though is the they're password. they're just by like odds of numbers. Wouldn't there have to have at least been one Muggleborn that unfortunately be, there is very like you know resilient and cunning and self-reliant that would have been sorted in Slytherin has to walk up every day and be like, pure blood. Um, I just want to say that there's like a shit ton of Jews who went to church for generations to avoid like the fucking Spanish Inquisition, etc. And like people, people be pretending to be things they're not to survive for a long time. I just, I just just read a book about the Spanish Inquisition. (laughs) If it's just, like, the portrait or the suit of armor that, like, sets the password, maybe it's just, you know, a, like... It's the prefect. racist the seventh year, It's the seventh-year prefects, because Percy sets the Gryffindor passwords when he's, uh... Yeah, and there's uh, gonna be some... boy. Okay, not all Slytherins, but all the Slytherins that Draco hangs out with are, like, a white supremacist asshole group, so it just, yeah. you know, bad apple spoils the bunch kind of situation. Um, I resent that statement when I just said that my apologies push away tastes like apples, okay. Yeah. <laughs> good apples, not bad apples. Good apples. So Which, really really quick, didn't it also says that um the, that before they run into Percy that they ask a Ravenclaw that's got wavy hair. Does Penelope Clearwater have wavy hair? That is super Penelope Clearwater. That is. Yeah. That's what I thought, but I just wanted to make sure. And yeah. like the dedication. Okay. So what happens next? They go into the dungeons and Percy stumbles out of a quote side room unquote. And, and Ron slash crab is like, what the fuck are you doing here? And Percy's like, what are you doing here? For sure. I like, wh- like no teenager is that calculated enough to like, be like, okay, you go like five minutes ahead of me. Or was that just like a super sexually motivated teenager? No, I think that's literally just what Percy is like. Like, no one can know, leave ten minutes before me. Because they've been searching for a quarter of an hour at this point. Yeah. The only thing that Percy treasures more than having sexual intercourse is not being in trouble and following rules. So you know that he's going to be the person who overthinks everything. So Percy is for sure just coming out from making out and or... 
What was the term we used? Sexual intercourse. Sexual intercourse. I might, well, I heard fornication. Like, no, like, that's what came to mind. It was like fornication. I think he would say that. Coitus. Yeah, coitus. All these terms. Do you have coitus? Do you... Is that What's the yeah, proper yeah, verbiage have, there? I think you have coitus. We coited. <laughs> no, it's no, it, it's have coitus. Or like, as as you were in the act of coitus. Yeah. You can yeah. be mid-coitus. Mm-hmm. Ah, yes, yes. Or pre-coitus or post-coitus. Post-coital bliss. Yeah. Yeah. I hate it. <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah, that's what he was doing for those 15 minutes, just, like, recovering. It's Percy. He was crying. He broke words. <laughs> he, he was just crying a little bit and ha- had a nice little... He told... That's the real thing. He, it wasn't actually that he was calculated enough to be like, you leave first and I'll leave second. It was... You leave, I'll, I'll clean up. And then he, like, kind of sunk into a corner and cried a little bit and felt bad and, like, really resented himself giving over to his biological functions and then got himself together, wiped off those tears, straightened up his tie, and walked on his way. And then almost got caught by a couple of 12-year-olds. Yep. Man, robes. They're not sexy. I they wouldn't- can be. I wouldn't love ripping one off a skinny 16-year-old boy. Do you think it's like, uh, I don't know if you guys did this, but when I was in like middle school and high school, I would like roll my, my gym shorts up, you roll your schlep pants up, you know, so it's a little more reform-fitting. You never did that? It was For a big sure. thing in middle school. I'm just wondering how this relates to the robe situation. Because I'm wondering if they there were some alterations going on where they um, were... You could like... The robe could open and you're like... Yeah, you got a side <laughs> slit or you got it, like, ruched. Ruched. <laughs> it, <laughs> Whatever the word is. It's also over break right now, so they're probably not... Are, are we? Do we know for sure they're wearing robes? Oh, they're probably not wearing robes. You're right about that. I don't know, because they literally just got robes from the laundry. Well, and and it's... no. Uh, well, well, we're well, talking about are, Percy but... and Penelope right now, but on also it's Christmas, so they might be wearing robes. That's but true. May, probably Percy... Wait a goddamn second. Percy's Percy robe. definitely always wears his robes because Percy, that guy. Percy is wearing his brand new knitted Weasley sweater. Weasley sweater! And that is what Penelope Clearwater ripped off of him in the spare room. <laughs> can, can we also all agree that Percy is the type who would have, even though they don't provide this, Percy would have a specially made prefect symbol tie clip. Like, he would mm. be the type to have a tie pin to put on the tie. With a fancy P on it. Yeah, exactly. Oh, Jesus Christ. Honestly, I'm happy for Percy. No, if anyone ever needed to get laid, sorry, have sexual intercourse. <laughs> Engage in the act of coitus. Uh, I hate it. So they're, like, talking to Percy, because Ron, like, snap reaction was like, what are you doing here? And then they kind of got into it, and Draco comes to save them, which is a little bit of a weird dynamic, and is like, what are you guys doing here, you fucking fat asses? You've been in the fucking Great Hall for a thousand years. I'm your skinny boss, who's smarter and better than you. So then they leave, and Draco is like, I noticed Percy, well, he says Peter, sneaking around. <laughs> He's probably trying to catch the air of Slytherin on his own. I do feel like there's evidence to these characters that Percy's making out right now. Or do you, like, do you think that this is like a hairy, super oblivious thing? Definitely a hairy, super oblivious thing. See, I don't think he's super oblivious. I think Percy, you would ne- it's just, you would never connect the two. Like you would never think like, you know what Percy's doing right now? 
he is having sexual intercourse. No, it, it just would never come up. So they go to the Slytherin common room. The password is, as we mentioned before, pure blood. Ugh. Really creative. Um, the new password, too. Yeah. So what, what was, was the old one? Before? Yeah, just like, fuck, Probably mud, mud blood. Yeah. Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on. I have a lot of opinions about the Slytherin common room. Because well, this is the only description that we get. I tell think, us. Tell us. In the whole series, right? Mm-hmm. And I it's a scant so. description. Mm-hmm. We don't get a lot of detail. Yeah. So, imagine Lux. Lit kind of like a, a fancy aquarium, you know, where it's that kind of like eerie, oh, yeah. Mood greenish, you know, flick, shimmering light. I do imagine like, I don't know what it's called. It's not an atrium, but like those big domed, like you see them at like an aviary sometimes. Have you guys ever seen those? It's like a like, huge glass, like a glass dome. dome yeah. But it's underwater because it's, it's like oh. under the, you know, it's oh. under the lake. That's what I imagine. And lots of like leather chairs, lots of ornately carved, uh, like mantle pieces and chair legs are all elaborately carved. But maybe some like, not like, um, like I want every common room to have plants, but this one maybe would have like some like moss or something. Yeah, or like mm. ivy, something trailing. Yeah. yeah something just like creepy and subtle. Maybe a little like wandering dude in the corners. Mm-hmm. Uh, that I'm is my vision. I'm imagining like uh, black metal tables with glass tops to the Ooh. metal tables. It's all glass and steel and leather. That's very modern cool. lines. Industrial. Yes. 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 AKA, I hate but it. But also, great looks. for other people. See, this is why Sean and I have a hard time decorating our house because he's a Slytherin and that is his taste that you just described. But I'm a Hufflepuff and I want to live in a tree house. And it's <laughs> like hard to meet in the middle. <laughs> if I could afford that aesthetic, that would be my aesthetic. But if you do it cheaply, it just mm-hmm. doesn't work. So yeah. until I have the money, <laughs> I will work with what I've got, which is the thrift store. <laughs> I can't sit on leather furniture because I have massive thighs and they sploosh really hard. Yeah, and the the squeaky, the sticky. Yeah, it's just not good for anyone. Anyway, Malfoy's like, wait here, I have something hilarious to tell you or show you. And he goes to his dormitory, I guess, and Ron slash Goyle and nope, Ron slash Crab and Harry slash Goyle are in the Slytherin common room like, can you believe this? We did it. We actually did it. The stomach ache. Don't be suspicious. 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 Yeah. Um. Luckily for these two fucking idiots, all Crab and Goyle do is like grunt and laugh five full seconds after a joke is made. So like they're crushing it. So Malfoy comes back and he's like, LOL, read this. And it's a newspaper article talking about how Mr. Weasley went under an inquiry at work and he had to pay a 50 galleon fine for enchanting his Ford Anglia. And LOL, 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 <laughs> basically. And Mr. Malfoy is calling for Arthur Weasley's resignation and in some Molly Weasley told the reporters to fuck off, for sure. Yeah. Lucius McConnell is calling for uh, 
Arthur Weasley to resign. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> if Lucius was an American, he would be a Republican senator. <laughs> yeah. I want to make, make it really clear that I would fush, fuck Lucius Malfoy and I would not fuck Mitch McConnell. Yeah. Would yeah. I don't think Draco has any conviction behind these things that he spouts off. I think he's just an edgelord, honestly. Very and much he's so. just like trying to get a reaction. My next my next anyone. note is quote Malfoy kind of monologues. He's doing like the evil villain monologue, <laughs> but he has like no plot to back it. He's just like, I would be so evil if I could be. Yeah. <laughs> it's and there's like not really much behind it other than him just being like just cause, dude. What are you gonna do about it? I'm just a kind of of a racist, rich yeah. dick. He's trying to be this thing that he just like can't be. He's whatever. So he and then he gets off on this rant about how Colin Creevy worships Harry Potter, and I think he's obsessed because he worships Harry Potter. And he's like, Colin Creevy looks so stupid, but then in his heart, he's like. <laughs> I feel so stupid. <laughs> my man. Can I lick your shoes, please, Potter? But can I lick your shoes, please, Potter? Can I? <laughs> can I lick your boots, Potter? <laughs> literally? Literally. Just while we're talking about the boot licking, uh, you know, like, I've read I've read my fair share of Harry Potter erotic um, fan fiction in my life, and whenever Draco is, like, the dom, it just feels, like, so... Mm-mm. It just feels Doesn't wrong. Work. He's like, an otter. <laughs> yeah, like, when... When Harry, I mean, like, Har- Harry's, Harry's the dog. Like, there's no getting around that in this. <laughs> I think they're both first. <laughs> it's just like, I think it's because of their backstory where I'm like, Harry has to be in charge of this. Just like when we talk about Hermione hate fucking Malfoy, it's like, she just has to be the boss of that. Anyone who's fucking Malfoy has to be the boss of it, or else he's like, he's getting something he doesn't deserve. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I think there's a back and forth. There's a struggle. A power struggle. A struggle. Like it's spicy. The eternal <laughs> struggle of Rava. Pin downs. The eternal struggle of Rava versus Batu in the light versus dark. I've been watching the Legend of Korra lately. <laughs> My destiny is to fight this guy forever. Um, so <laughs> Then they're talking about the heir of Slytherin and Malfoy's like, I wish I knew who it is. I could help them. And Harry and Ron are like, certainly you must know who it is. Luckily, they're idiots pretending to be idiots right now. So Malfoy's like, I've literally told you this. I don't know who the heir of Slytherin is. He really doesn't know. It becomes evident. And... I was going to say, we did skip over one of the greatest scenes from the movies that is not in the book, unfortunately, where uh, Harry as Crabs, or yeah, Harry as Goyle says something about like, uh, I read about it, and Malfoy's response is, I didn't know you could read. Was oh, yeah. that It was. It was an improv line from uh, Tom Felton. Nice. And I think those kind of lines have more of a place in films than in books anyway. You know what I mean? It's like, it was like Tom Felton's delivery of that line. I think that made it so clutch. And I guess it was because it was ad-libbed. So then Malfoy in his rant is like, the last time the chamber was open, we learned that like someone died. And the last person who opened the chamber was caught and is still probably an Azkaban, I guess, as far as Malfoy knows. And Harry's like, what the fuck is Azkaban? And the good thing Coyle's dumb because Malfoy's like, 
What? Obviously, it's a surprise tool that we'll use later. <laughs> Obviously, you're a pureblood. Why don't you know this? Well, and this also answers the question that obviously from this, as stupid as it sounds, the other students did not know who was blamed for opening the chamber earlier because there's no way that Lucius Malfoy would not have told Draco straight up that it was Hagrid. That's true. There's like zero way that that did not happen. But it also doesn't make sense that you wouldn't notice that one student died and then another student was expelled at the same time. Well, Lucius does find out at some point because he turns up at Hagrid's house when Hagrid is being arrested. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. But, like, he probably didn't know until he, like, joined the Board of Governors. Speaking of turning up at people's houses, Malfoy also lets on that his family manor was raided. And um, he's like, don't even worry about it. My dad keeps all his bad shit in a secret chamber under the drawing room floor. And Ron's like, what? And Malfoy's like, what? And then Harry's like, what? And Harry looks at Ron and Ron's turning back into Ron. And then Ron looks at Harry and Harry's turning back into Harry. So they're like, my tummy hurts. And then they run. And don't worry, this room's never going to come up again in the series. So we can just go ahead and forget about it now. What? The common room? No, the isn't that the room that they uh, lock, uh, like Ollivander and uh, Dobby? And, or- oh, that room! Oh, damn! I thought you were talking about the. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess so. Honestly, even though I've never made that connection before, it makes sense. Why would you have two secret chambers? Yeah, I just really I just made the one. connection this time reading it, but I wanted to go ahead and get it out there. Well I'm done. Pretty sure that's that's the a same good room. one. Yeah, well done, well done. So. Like Cinderella, they're running through the hall and everything's falling apart. The facade is fading. And they are slipping out of the shoes. They leave the shoes at the cupboard where Crab and Goyle are sleeping so they can have them when they wake up. And they race back up to the bathroom and they're like, Hermione, we're back. But Hermione is still a cat. Moaning Myrtle is ecstatic. She's like, wait till you see Hermione. And I mean, honestly, Hermione's been a cat this whole time. Like, she's probably been in there just, like, silently weeping because she was afraid to loudly weep, even though she wanted to weep. With loud. with Myrtle floating there laughing at her. Yeah. And also, every time, you, every time you clutch your own face, it's furry. Mm. I don't know about you guys, but when I'm crying, I'd be like, grabs face dramatically, <laughs> and then it would be furry, and I would, it would just... Poor Hermione. We know she has the ability to get in her feels. And this probably she sees as like a great personal screw up. Even though from our perspective of the boys experience, it went great. You know? See, I think her they went with a much more like furry type approach in the movies. But I think it was more grotesque than that. Like she still had like, she was mostly hairy or mostly like skin, but she had like just a bunch of random like werewolf style cat hair all over her and like mm-hmm. she still had some human features but she was also like because like it wouldn't be as smooth as like a human polyjuice yeah. person it would be weird because you're like interspecies do you, you know, think she morphing. do you think she exited the stall to look at herself in the mirror while the boys were gone yeah probably I mean who else is in there moaning Myrtle she already sees you I mean, go take could, a look. would you be you afraid? Sit. Would you be afraid to look? For science's sake, you have to look. I'd look. Just to know. 
I was, I've got, yeah. I've got a question for you cat owners, because uh, I do not have a cat and I've never owned a cat. Is it weird that after being at Hogwarts for multiple months and having your robes washed multiple times that there would still be cat hair on the uniform? No, like, I, I honestly just don't know. I'm, no, I've had, she has her cat with her. I'm assuming. It, it's gross, but not impossible. It gets everywhere. Like, I, I've had dogs and similar situation. Like, it's... But couldn't her cat, like, just be living at Hogwarts? That, honestly, that never occurred to me, but... I like that. I mean, yeah, they're, they're allowed to have a cat. What, what does Hagrid Hagrid says something about like I'm not. Go- oh, he doesn't get a cat for Harry because he doesn't like cats. Or he's yeah, allergic. I think he's allergic he's to cats. Uh, you'd be laughed at for having a um, a toad. So owls are the way to go. Yeah, okay. and rats aren't on the list. Rats know. aren't on the list, but like Ron does what he wants. Yeah. Um, okay, so it was cat hair. You're not supposed to use Polly's potion for cat trans for pet transformation animal. I'll get to the right word eventually. You're not supposed to use Polly's potion for animal transformations. And Ron and Harry are like, oh, you definitely need to grow it up. For the first time in their lives, are like, we need to grow it up. It takes a long time to convince her to leave the bathroom to go to the hospital wing. Do you think you really think Madame Pomfrey wouldn't tell anyone? I think that, like, the fact that Madame Pomfrey is the one adult that they implicitly trust throughout this whole series, like, with all of their problems, like, they never tell her what happened, but they always go to her because they can trust that she is going to mind her damn business. Yeah, I wonder if she just, like, doesn't even want to get involved in any of these situations. Yeah, no, she, like, she has taken it. I think an oath of non-involvement. Like, I think the wizard Hippocratic oath is just like, don't ask, don't tell. I I would imagine that Dumbledore, for all of his faults, I do see him being the type who would have a very candid conversation with her about, like, these students need to be able to feel like they can come to you with anything. And I mean anything. So it's not... Like, anything. (laughs) Magical herpes. (laughs) Yeah, magical fucking herpes. That's That's what Percy's getting. With his sexual Aww. intercourse, Percy, baby. It's like at the like I, I don't hate him yet. He's very annoying, but like he hasn't betrayed me, so I'm just like, sweet baby. I hope Penelope is nice to you. I hope you are having a good time exploring each other's bodies. <laughs> mm. It's just so sweet to be so young and not have any idea what sex is, and it's all so exciting. Mm. I remember the days. Anyway, we got to, <laughs> we got to the end of the chapter. Yay! Yay! At the end, did, does anyone have any final thoughts or anything we didn't cover? I really enjoyed the chapter. Uh, it, it it felt very good. The pacing was right. The it was like the right amount of. It feels like a lot of the chapters recently have had way too much shit crap crammed into them, and have been kind of like. Yeah bouncing around in multiple subjects. This one felt really, like, focused, and I don't know. I enjoyed it. Yeah, I agree with you that the pacing in this one felt better than the last couple ones, for sure. I honestly, when I... I always look to see how many pages the chapter is before I start reading, because I'm almost always running late. I read books for a living. Don't at me. But I was like, oh, this one's pretty short. Like, how can they do this whole thing in this, in, like, 11 pages or whatever? I'm reading the Illustrated Bloomsbury edition, so the pages are a little bit bigger. But yeah, the pacing's great. You guys like this chapter? I love it. Yeah. 
Yes, I do. I love any Christmas Hogwarts description. It's funny that you bring up Christmas. I agree with you that Christmas at Hogwarts is a total move, but I just feel like this book in particular, we mentioned earlier how they go through the Christmas scene so fast. Yeah. And I feel like this entire book has a very spooky Halloween vibe like the Mm -hmm. whole time. And so I'm really glad that we're kind of culminating it right now as we're like building towards Halloween. Um, But yeah, it's like kind of a spooky Christmas. Mm -hmm. There's snakes about. Spooky, Mm -hmm. spooky. (laughs) Subterfuge. Mystery. Espionage. (laughs) Other words as well. Espionage. Espionage is such a generous term for what Ron and Harry did in this chapter. <laughs> it's clumsy. It's what you would expect from a, a, a preteen. <laughs> All right. Well, let's move on to our plugs. Andrew, do you want to start? I would love to. I, uh, I'm going to plug another podcast. Uh, Whitney Cummings is an amazing stand-up comedian, hysterically funny, very, uh, very outspoken supporter of the LGBTQ plus community. And she has started a podcast called Good For You. It started, uh, I want to say either very late last year or very early this year. And it is absolutely phenomenal. Uh, she has a ton of incredibly, incredibly famous celebrity friends that have come on. I think the episode that dropped today had Hillary Duff on it, which was interesting. I didn't see <laughs> that coming. I love her. It, well, it, and I, I do too, for probably for very different reasons, but, um. Maybe not though. Maybe not, but, uh, it's an awesome podcast. It's very, very funny. It's all, I think it's going to end up being kind of a, uh, kind of like the female Joe Rogan. Cause I feel like Joe Rogan's podcast really hits with, you know, guys between the age of 25 and 35. And I think this is going to be like the female equivalent of that. Uh, and her co-host slash assistant Benton is absolutely, uh, just a delight. So I highly encourage everyone to, uh, go look up good for you and find find an episode with someone that you like as the guest and just dive right in. It's very enjoyable. Hell yeah. Thank you for your plug. Haley, your turn. I am going to plug uh, Chris Fleming show pig. Um, Chris Fleming, if you don't know off the top of your head, uh, he's he does like the Gale videos. Um, if you've seen that one video of the dude dressed up like his mom uh, and imitating the way that she cleans the house when company comes over, uh, that's him. Uh, he's fucking hilarious. Uh, and Show Pig is his first like filmed comedy special. The whole thing's on YouTube. There's a bit at the end that almost killed me the other day because I was laughing so hard I literally couldn't breathe. Um, it's just... <laughs> really? Take care of yourself. the most... He is the most awkward person on the face of the earth. And I say that as someone who has often felt like the most awkward person on the face of the earth. Like he makes me feel less alone. So if you've ever been in a moment where you felt like a deer in the proverbial headlights of existence, this might be the comedy special for you. Oh my God. What a plug. Do you possibly have a recently uh, um, reanimated Twitter account? Uh, you can, uh, if you really want to, and please God don't, you can find me on Twitter at the writ to wit. I'm not happy about it, but I'm there. <laughs> And I just want to make it really clear that all of her tweets carry that exact same tone. Yes, they do. <laughs> I'm very on brand at all times. Courtney, how about you? 
I have been, uh, the only thing clunking around my head the last couple weeks is The Vow, which is a documentary series on HBO about the Nexium cult that was, if you guys have heard about that, Allison Mack was in that, I don't know, that Superman show, and she was like a member of this. It was basically, what's interesting about it is, it's a, like, a sex cult that is marketed as a, like, women's empowerment cult. And, like, the really, my biggest takeaway from, I mean, I guess we're almost through, and I followed this when it came out. Their whole cult was, like, about how um, you should embrace things that make you uncomfortable and things that you are uh, repulsed by or, like, repelled from. And if you listen to your instincts, you are, like, a repressive person. And, like, they branded it and basically turned it into, like, Scientology light. But it was just a plain old sex cult at the end. And if you see this guy, he is a human spider. Like, repulsive. It's a fucked up documentary series, and I highly recommend it. That's my depressing plug. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone should watch it. I've been your host, Christina. You can follow me on Instagram at your girl of the world. You can follow me on Twitter at Tina Fontina. And this week I'm going to plug another podcast. It's a new podcast called Cats, Tea, and Witchcraft. That's Cats, Tea, and Witchcraft. I know the host, Fauna. She's very cool. And she, it's basically just like an introduction to like the general objective lore of like and history of witchcraft and like just like. It's, it's really just like informative and it, it, it explains a lot of things without trying to like get you to b- believe anything. You know what I'm saying? It's like, it's just like a witchcraft 101 and with like a focus on like the, the host practices like Wicca. So that's what a lot of it's about, but definitely explores other stuff too. Um, I'm looking forward to her exploring the cats and the tea aspects of this further as well, because I'm also interested in those things, but you can find that wherever you get your podcast. I highly recommend it. And. The host, Fauna, is going to be on our podcast for a chapter of Prisoner of Azkaban. Um, the one where they read tea leaves. And it's going to be perfect. So that's nice. my plug. <laughs> Yay! Alright, it's the end of the podcast. Courtney, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. I hope you had a good thank time. Goodness. Thank you for having me. It's great. Great chatting with y'all. Hell yeah. It's down to discussing HP. Exactly. Honestly, it like brings people together. It's good to have a safe space like this to just get into such excruciating detail. Yeah. A bitch did one thing, right? What? And what was that one thing? Creating the Harry Potter (laughs) universe. I tweeted at her today, and I was like, "Thank you for your service." Now, can you please just fade away to obscurity? Like, just take your money, go buy go. a farm in Italy, and just, just go. The fuck She's like truly dead to me. Like, as far as I'm concerned, me. J.K. Rowling She's like, tarnishing. Like, died. If she She's died like dead. ten years ago. It's like it's. Uh, I have mourned, and I uh, I've moved on. She was my friend. I'm always wary of supporting anyone who is like still alive because. People can always change their fucking viewpoints halfway through their life. Like, I love Kanye West, but if I got a fucking Kanye West tattoo, I would be answering a lot of questions right now, I think. Mm. You know? 
Imagine being someone who has a Kanye West tattoo. You gotta wait until people are dead. And then you see their entire category and you say, you know what? This person is worthy of saying it. Yeah, weigh the the pros against the cons. I think what Courtney is saying is go out, listeners, and get a... uh, Get a nice RBG. Get an RBG tattoo and tweet it to us. All right, guys, I'm trying to lead, trying to lead us triumphantly out of this episode, and you're making it hard. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Hey, end with a good thing. Say like one good thing. <coughs> Whoa! Uh, nothing. Uh, There's nothing. The numbers are down in Virginia. Okay. Trending over the last 14 days. Oh, that's possible. Fauci absolutely handed uh, Rand Paul his ass earlier today. So if you haven't seen that, look it up. He uh, he basically... Rand Paul like, got beat up by his neighbor also, which is... Yes, that, that's a good thing. Have that's you guys seen that thing. video that's looping Mitch McConnell tripping over a stage and his wife like taking a couple of minutes to consider helping him up? <laughs> okay, oh my God. All of these things will be in the show notes for your pleasure. God. All right, guys, Good. get 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 the fuck out of my comment room. No. All right. <laughs> Goodbye. Goodbye. Bye. The Restricted Section was created and hosted by me, Christina Kahn, based on the book series by J.K. Rowling. All music by Ryan Kahn. Logo by Michael Hardison. Technical support from Sean Watson. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at restrictedsectionpod or shoot us an email at restrictedsectionpod at gmail.com. We'd love to hear your thoughts, feelings, complaints, conspiracy theories, or lavish praise. I think Hufflepuffs and Slytherins get along together because I'm a Hufflepuff and my husband's a like a total Slytherin. Yeah, you gotta have a dom-sub type relationship. Or, well, I call it, I call it dog-cat. That works too. Wait, who's the dom and who's the sub in that? In my relationship? Come on. Well, in like... <laughs> so, you're implying that the Slytherin would be the dom in that relationship? Yeah, yeah, I would say so. Over a Hufflepuff. No. I can see a Hufflepuff as like a service top. Uh, okay. I don't even know what yeah, that means. Yeah. <laughs> it just sounds funny. Well, you need to spend more time on the internet, Andrew. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> read, read more Harry Potter erotic fan fiction. Yeah. I, I did you almost, Christina? Did you almost say erotic friend fiction? I did. I was wondering <laughs> that. That's so funny. That's a total Bob's Burgers reference. Um, side note: just in case anyone gives a shit, Bob's Burgers got renewed today for a twelfth and thirteenth season. I'm yes. so fucking excited. <laughs> <laughs>